Who's go is it? I think it might be PJ. Hey, you're listening uh, to the Sunnyside Podcast Show with me, PJ. Me, Ron. Me, Scott. Do the theme tune. Keep on Sunnyside, always on. People are going to, like, people are, who listen to the show on a regular basis might go think to themselves, well, it really is a whole week since they recorded that last show because it was such a downer. And then this no, one is so upbeat and up I fast think and once tempo. me and Ron start talking, they're going to realize that they've been recorded back to back and we were. <laughs> we want to escape. Yeah. <laughs> Please let us We out. were emotionally assaulted last episode. <laughs> then we had to listen to you piss. And now we're back to doing another episode. <laughs> I was mostly just sitting here going, I can't make jokes about any of this. <laughs> I just have to sit here and be like, uh-huh. <laughs> that seems troubling. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I am sorry. I well, this sorry is going to be the week. less serious As younger brother of the last episode. Yeah, yeah. We're going to try and keep it yeah. a little bit lighter. But yeah, we yeah, are going to... last episode we've got on Suicide Watch. <laughs> <laughs> But we are, we are going to. This one's the good time, Charlie. We are going to keep to more talkative episodes as opposed to reviews if we can going forward. So if you have anything you'd like us to talk about, let us know. Um, But we're going to do some reviews this week to get back into. Yeah, we were trying to find a shape for the show, and one thing we've definitely discovered is writing bits doesn't work. No, one thing you've definitely discovered is writing bits doesn't work. No, 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 the writing was fine, actually. It was the performance of the bit. Oh, really? Yeah, Yeah, oh, oh, really? Mm. Oh, really? Let's talk about this. Let's talk. I wrote a bit. performance. I mean, I I don't know if you're uh, (laughs) a... To be fair, I got from you as much as I expected. I'm taking back to the stage at the end of this month. Really? Yes. What are you doing? I am performing the voice... um, the singing and the acting of the planned Little Shop of Horrors. Rontroversal! <laughs> <laughs> Where and when is this going to be on? Well, that's the interesting thing. It's at the end of the month in... Um, You're like Jack Black. I've just realised you've got that whole Jack Black vibe. A lot vibe. more you'd imagine because this is for a youth show. Okay. <laughs> so I am not youth. Anymore. <laughs> no! <laughs> no! So um, this will be for uh, Listening Garvey Youth the Society. Only, which was the, the only good thing about getting older, as I have done, is to watch people who were young once become old. Okay. And and, and suddenly go, I'm not youth anymore. And it's going, yeah, I knew that would happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I haven't been youth since I was uh, 19, according to this group. This was, <laughs> this, this was the, the, the first group that I ever belonged to, mm-hmm. that um, that I did singing and dancing and, and uh in an amateur dramatic setting. Okay, cool. But I've always kind of maintained a connection with them over mm-hmm. the years, whether I'm doing videos for them or helping them out with their website or whatever. And, um, so Just I was waiting for an opportune moment to dive back in. Well, that's kind of what happened. I, I was down last week taking photographs, headshots of the kids for the for the program, and uh, they mentioned that they hadn't cast the plant yet, and I was like, I'd love to do it. <laughs> I've, al- I've always wanted me, to- me, me. I've always wanted to me feed me, Simon. Well, I mean, most of it is just sitting around shouting, "Feed me!" And I do that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Susie wanders in with a diet coke. Feed here, Ron. Here, here. <laughs> so that's, that's 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 kind of it. There's like two or three songs cool. sing. Uh, somebody else does the puppeteering while I stand off off, off stage Excellent. and uh, sing. Okay, I'd like to go and see that. I'd I go and see that. Fun. Well, I think let us go and see that yeah, together. You can absolutely buy tickets for it. Oh, yeah, bugger. Yeah, let's do that. We'll go and see that. 
So um, yeah, Ron, you're it, being a dick. It's the end of the month. <laughs> um, I mean, my, end my, of this month. End of this month. Yeah. Wow, okay. On, on my fortieth birthday is at the end of this month too. So. <gasps> oh my Ooh. god, you're so old. So on my. 40th I wonder if you won't get a blowjob on your fortieth birthday either. <laughs> god. Well, so, as I'll be surrounded by kids. <laughs> Um, yes, yes, he might. I mean, my my fortieth will be at a dress rehearsal surrounded by children who I'm pretty sure I'm older than a lot of their parents. Oh, that's wow. yeah, that's hard. That's hard. That is, uh, you know, it's one of those things where like they don't care and they think it's weird that someone. Do you know the nice thing? Around. The nice thing about the little drama group that I I joined up and did some plays with is they're all really really old. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, little old ladies and stuff. It's lovely. It's like you're walking in and going, "Oh, there's young Paul." <laughs> I young have Paul. not been young, young Paul, Paul in quite some time. We need a teenage rebel in this one. It's yeah. nice it's to have Paul. some young blood in. I'm going, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> So I, awesome. I don't know if this will develop into me doing anything more after it, but um, no. This Would is you be comfortable on stage? Then do you think? I mean, you're comfortable. I, I always was. Um, yeah, okay. The only time I, w- I never, whenever whenever I joined the, dr- the drama group, I kind of found a niche uh, whenever I was young for comedy. Yeah. So I always gravitated towards playing comedic characters. Yeah. And doing songs in character. That was always kind of okay. my thing. I could sing in a in a, in a character. Jack and Black. Yeah, yeah. But um, Jack Black. My last year. I played. I was. I was. I kind of accidentally did a really good audition and ended up with the lead role of Oklahoma. Accidental. Hashtag humble brag. <laughs> well, I, I. I kind of went in. I thought, do you know what? I'm tired of singing these songs uh, that are sort of kind of funny songs. So I went in and I sang. I can't remember what it was. I sang, but I remember the musical director phoning my house afterwards, going, "We have no idea he could actually sing, uh, <laughs> and we're going to offer him the lead role in Oklahoma." And I thought, "When was this?" This would have been 1996. So you're how old were you? I was uh, 18 at the time. Okay, because I was going to say, if you were going for the lead for Oklahoma now, I don't know if you'd get it. No. I mean, I don't think you've got that Hugh Jackman vibe going on anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I didn't enjoy it because it was it was the straight male lead. Yeah. And, you know, the the, the opportunity for kind of like enjoying yourself wasn't wow, so Wow, I thought there. he was going to say pussy. <laughs> Just cut that. <laughs> Just cut that sentence out. So, um... No, I mean, if, if, if I was going to go back into doing it again, I'd maybe have to look for, like, you know, the comedic roles because I'm never going to be a romantic lead. In these yeah. Things, you know. Yeah, that's the that's the harshest lesson I, I had to learn going back to the drama is going from, like, 23, 24 and playing, constantly playing lead roles and stuff and then suddenly going, oh, no, now I'm a funny character actor. That's 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 my niche now. But I think that's more fun. You know? I, th- I think it is, but it, it is, it's a harsh pill to... To swallow when when you when, you know, formerly you were like doing lead stuff to come back and go nope nope I'm not lead any I mean it's it's that it's that um oh god the story of you know the, the story about um Da Vinci uh, the Last Supper painting was he couldn't find he got someone to paint pose for Jesus and the paint was unfinished for decades because he couldn't find someone to pose for Judas and he found a guy who thought you'd be perfect for Judas he starts painting him the guy goes oh I actually pose for Jesus as well. You know that story? No. Nope. Yeah, it's apocryphal, but it's you know, it's that it's, a <laughs> <laughs> it's probably bullshit. <laughs> it's, you know, that story. Someone's heard of that story. It's not just me. Anyway, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying you go you go from handsome to uh, yeah. I, I guess whenever, whenever, upon. I was, whenever I was 18 and playing Curly, I was kind of like the entire weight of the show felt like it was on my shoulders because I was nearly on your every tummy. scene, and I kind of yeah. It's on my <laughs> Sorry, but, uh, but that this, was dickish. Whenever you're the comedic, um, comedic role, you can kind of just bounce on and do your yeah. thing, bounce off again. Yeah, and you, it's a thankless job being the lead because you get to go on, steal the show for two or yeah. three minutes, and then go off. Yeah, and 
whenever you come back to it at the end, everyone's like, I remember him. He was the funny yeah. bit, you know? Yeah, that's true. So, um, yeah. Have you ever done any acting, Scott? Uh, acting, no. I did stand-up. Okay. Oh, here, I there's a place I meant to say this. There's no there, way there? you can repeat that joke on here because that would, in the current climate, I think you'd be... Uh, <laughs> what you'd joke? Be, did you have one joke? Uh, As I recall, Scott won best joke of the night. I got, yeah. I... Yeah. We, we can't... You can't tell. Yeah, it. I know. I can't tell. Yeah, I can't. But I, I, can I, we I, cut? If I say cut, and I, then you I've, tell us the I've joke, and then I've repeated that joke to people, and they're like, that's a really good joke. It's It does not... Yeah, no, it like and th- I once I d- told a joke about um uh the you know well, two on, little kids. Wait, wait. T- let me tell a story. Two little kids are talking, and one of them says, "Oh yeah, I've been to Disneyland, and I've got like I came home and they had like this cool electric car for me, and like my you know Man United were all there to wave me in. It was really awesome." The other kid goes, "Shit, I wish I had cancer." And and I told that to a couple of little old ladies who worked in the charity that I worked for. <laughs> and they did not like it. Know your audience, I think, is what. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. What was your joke? You te- I, Tell I, it, you coward! I, I, I will cut it out. Yeah, we'll keep in any any reaction from. Okay, the okay. I can't remember. I can't remember the exact setup, <clears throat> but basically, I said. Oh, that's all. Oh, that's a oh, jeepers creepers! That's not yeah. a. Oof, no. That is harsh. No. And uh, that's, you, I so can't believe you snuck racism into that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. He didn't listen. So really that's one of, the, one of those things that uh, you were talking about last week, but things you, that you kind of think back on and you're like, yeah, oh, you make I, yourself I think, cringe. I think back on that and think, uh, like, it's re- it's funny because like you get a big, you like you obviously got a big laugh oh, for that. It was like so the, an the, uproarious laugh. laugh. It, it was yeah, it was a bad laugh. It's so a bad laugh. But the the thing about it was it was a night. There was a uh, hundred. There was uh, what is uh, uh, comedians got five minutes and mm-hmm. they did from twelve midday until twelve midnight and mm-hmm. five minutes. So there, why were there's like a hundred and twenty comedians mm-hmm. that were on the throughout the whole day, mm-hmm. um, and I got joke of the night yeah. out of a hundred and twenty comedians yeah, and okay. it was a room full of comedians and yeah. it, it was probably the I got a couple of laughs but that was like and that, that was, was a dinger, uproarious yeah. like raucous laughter yeah but I. Thinking back on it, you're just like, it's a cheap laugh. Yeah, it feels it's not an earned laugh, and it's a cheap laugh on a shitty stereotype. And thinking back on it, you're just no, I was going for the, and I think it's what a lot of comedians do in when they're starting out, is they go for <laughs> controversial instead of yeah. actually being yeah. funny. Yeah. Um. So I've never been, and I've never, I don't think I've ever repeated it. Like yeah. even telling people about it because yeah, like, yeah, I've yeah. told so many people <laughs> that it's your joke. <laughs> Look, I'll hold my I like, hand, I'll I like, hold my I'll I like, hold my hands up and say that yes, I said it. And, it's and it's I'm got it's got the it's got the I like that that it's got the 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 what do you call it the tenacious D thing of this isn't the best song in the world but I'm going to sing something yeah, a bit I, like yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not going to tell you the best joke, but I will yeah, tell you it was pretty great. Yeah, it was pretty like, good. Just, yeah, it was pretty good, but um, also awful. But what what I find out from doing that, so the reason I did it is. Because I am obsessed with stand up and I always have been, but um, and I decided I wanted to do it. And then that week, a, a, a local kind of art space sent out their weekly newsletter, monthly newsletter, mm. and said that they were doing uh, an eight week writing for stand up yeah. class, and it was thirty five quid for eight weeks. Yeah, and I thought, right, I'll I'll go and do that. And then the end, the in quotes, it's, it's final exam yeah. is to do a set. And then I did a couple of other sets. I think I did this the final set with them, and then maybe. Four other sets, 
through around Belfast over I, the next I, couple of weeks. I, and what I found out was that I really love writing. Yeah. And I think that in the right situation, I can be very but, funny. Yeah. But I fucking hate performing. Really? I hate it so okay. much. I hated being on stage. Yeah. I didn't like... And I... This is what's really interesting. I think you're quite comfortable in a room of people. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not... You and I are not, Ron. I love performing. But we both like being on stage. Yeah. No, I can't be It's I really can't be weird, on stage. isn't it? It's weird that that's... I that's, don't know what the... It's like an inversion of each other in, in a sense. I think it's... Uh, in a group... In a room full of people, if we're, if we're chatting, I'm quite uh, quick... Mm-hmm. And I can kind of riff and and mm-hmm. improvise quite, but I couldn't do that. I'm on, glad you told me because up to now, I'm looking forward to seeing this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're sat in that wee stool there, like like you're about to do some stand up. I know, but I'm not, so far not, not one nothing, element of it. No. Out. Um, <laughs> but w- when I was on stage, I just felt that I had to hit every word and every beat. Yeah, that would be that it, would be it, the like weird it, thing about about stand up. And I, I didn't think feel is, like is I had any comfort in yeah. being free or loose or kind of relaxing about I, it. I would I would think like because I've thought about stand up before. I've always wanted to kind of do stand up yeah. stuff, but uh, but it would enter my thoughts for a little while and it'd be nope, and then uh, it would be gone completely gone. Um, and I've definitely had conversations with people where I'm conscious that the story I'm telling is almost a stand-up routine. It's yeah. not It's not a real conversation. It's me telling people something. Yeah. And it's me telling them a story I know will get a laugh because yeah. I've told it before. It's a yeah. rehearsed story. Yeah. So I'm conscious that what I'm doing is kind of related yeah. to stand-up. Um, but I, I kind of I can't, was thinking about it. I was thinking that if I were to do stuff, the problem with stand-up is I think we all, we all live little lies. We all live a life that has little tiny lies in them because they maintain the structure of your life in a way that... that so little embellishments in the Little in embellishments, the little things you tell other people, little things you tell yourself, little things that you that keep the ship of your life on a steady keel. Well, you are the star of your own narrative. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and I think if you're going to do stand-up and you're going to do stand-up properly, I feel like if I were going to do stand-up, I would have to tell either... Either I'd have to tell unvarnished truth absolute truth or i would have to take make jokes that were so close to the knuckle of that that almost you know that they're almost they'd almost push towards lies but in a you know they'd make everything worse instead of being an embellished and em, em, embellished life to make it an even keel it would be embellished to make your life appear like the worst possible thing yeah you know and then and then you wonder how you know if you were to do that for long enough how quickly your life would become that? I don't know. Uh, I, like you know, I think that I, I, I know that that happens for comedians. Like you've been talking about Mark Maron yeah. a lot, but I think for comedians, when they, I, I, I say, I'm going to say they. I'm not going to say I because I don't do it anymore. But like, see things in. X plus Y equals laugh. Mm. It it's not yeah. and and very good comedians. They don't have to be telling the truth. They don't have to be telling yeah. lies. It's just yeah, you, you arrange this. Yeah. You arrange these words in a sequence, yeah. and you get a laugh but at I, the I'm, end of I'm it. And con- it doesn't matter whether it's true or. Yeah. I'm conscious, though. I mean, I've definitely uh, had conversations. I've been in situations where I've said the thing that I know will get a laugh yeah. over the truth. You know, it, it will. Yeah. Be, it will be. I know this is funny, so I'm going to say yeah. this. 
and and they they in a certain context will get you in trouble because there are things that the other person that say whatever I mean say you're talking about you know someone in your life and you go this is the funny thing ha yeah. <laughs> and people go ha ha that is a funny thing the other person goes that's not true yeah that's not a thing that's ever happened um, why did you even say cause that because it's a funny thing to say yeah. making people making people laugh is a genuinely for me, anyway, is a genuinely terrific feeling. Yeah, it's it's and especially a, you know? a large group of feeling. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> every time you get naked in front of Anna, <laughs> Ron's laughing, but he's doing that silent laugh thing, which which means no one can tell. Oh, don't pick on me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, but sorry, if that's the quality of your stand-up, we have nothing to... No, no, you, that's fine, yeah. That's not the quality of it. That's the quality of my life. <laughs> that's the quality of me as a person, which we've established yeah. is pretty shitty. It's pretty low. Pretty yeah, low. pretty low. Um, yeah, but the, here, the, the, I, I was looking into doing some... Um, what do you call it? Uh, what's the not ad lib and the the other thing? Impro- improv, improv stuff. Oh. And there's, an improv, there's apparently there's an improv group that meets there is, there on a regular basis in Belfast. Quite a there is quite a, I'm not going to say large, but there is a, a prevalence of improv in Belfast. Yeah, there, yeah. there are a lot of people who do it and and seem to be heavily invested. Are you yeah. in the Ra? In I'm it. not in the Ra. <laughs> I was never near the Ra. <laughs> I'm improv Ra. Um, and there, there has been some very good yeah. groups um, yeah. that uh, I, I don't know who who are, from them are still going, but yeah. I think they were, were they called Wonder Frog. I don't. Oh, or, yeah. um, I'm sure they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you so, you sound like someone who's quite dismissive of the whole improv. No, no thing. I, I I like I like improv uh, as a concept. They always have weird names. Yeah, they yeah. Do, improv troops are always they're they're, they're always are they always decidedly funny? unfunny names. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think that the 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 deliberately zany the upright citizens brigade, yeah, with the groundlings, the groundlings, yeah, and these are always like full of really funny people who've gone on to be really funny. But I'm just like, who named these things? <laughs> I think they, maybe that's the just irony. A, they're all a, named before they're funny. Yeah, they go, what shall we call ourselves? We're not funny yet, but we'll maybe call it this. Maybe there's just a long-standing on. tradition of it <clears throat> not being a funny name. Yeah, um, okay, uh, maybe back in the what a wacky tradition. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, though, it's hard to get a funny name because like, it's only funny. Maybe that first time you hear it, and then after that, it's no longer then funny. They're stuck with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but I told my wife, I said, I'm thinking of doing this thing, and she, be, she said, I would be very uncomfortable with you doing that. <laughs> From what point of view? I, I don't know. I, d- I think it's because she, she just, doesn't she know just what it involves. She just walked out of the room. <laughs> I don't think she knows what it involves. And I, to be fair, I don't know what it involves. But I think her fear or her concern is it involves me. Constantly having sex with people or something, I don't know. Rather than just infrequently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can, I can see if, uh, if she, if, if, she if does she, not if like improv at all. Doesn't enjoy it. Doesn't is like d- it. Deeply suspicious. Of yeah, it. deeply suspicious of it. Uh, not terribly happy with with with, I th- you know, with with a lot of the kind of physicality of of. Of on stage stuff when when you're you know yeah. when you've got to play I'm like I've oh, never five had minutes to, to live if you don't have sex with me I'm gonna die <laughs> 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 yeah I think that would be her worry that would make her uncomfortable I mean to be fair uncomfortable is probably the right word I don't yeah. th- I don't think she'd be annoyed I think she'd just go I don't like this I'm not enjoying it's you doing this I don't think she enjoys it anyway I don't think yeah. she would enjoy seeing comedians do improv I think stuff Belfast is a really tough crowd for, a tough crowd for everything for every, yeah <laughs> I think for, for comedy and for improv because improv requires 
a higher level of audience input yeah. than a- really anything else yeah. that you're going to go with, a- apart from maybe Panto. Mm. Uh, like, it's a really high level of I, interaction. I think that just comes with, like, for 30 years, people were bombing us, and that had our attention. So if you want to get our attention, yeah. you've got to be yeah. better than a bomb. Yeah. Also, <laughs> also, like, generally, if there is a crowd in Belfast, it's because they're chucking stones at another crowd in yeah. Belfast. That's, that's the only reason they crowd around And the last other. thing you want to do is be <clears throat> identified in the yeah, crowd. Yeah. Target! Uh, target! Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a tough crowd. I'd, I'd be interested to go and see an improv show. I haven't been for a, a long time. There's one on every Monday, apparently. In the black box? E, it might be, yeah. It might yeah be. I think it's in the black box. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. I mean, a, a part of me feels like maybe I'd go and I'd wince through the entire thing watching other people and then I'd have a great time on, on, on thing on my own well, and then you know afterwards what? wince. I maybe we know. should go together. Yeah, I'd go, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd go. There's also once a month, uh, I think again in the black box, they do a magic night. All right. Which I fucking love because I like love magic. magic. <laughs> I, think what I, th- I think what I would enjoy even more is people being bad at magic. <laughs> 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 is this your card? It wasn't a card. It was a ball. <laughs> <laughs> and I've still got it. <laughs> no. It's not my card. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be... Yeah, that'd be inter- there's lots of stuff happening. There's like, lo- really. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting things. Yeah, it's so, a, apparently just in the black box. Yeah, the black box. Which is always right on time. Right on time. Right on <laughs> reference that might just be too old for Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I know the song. I didn't know that that's who sang it. Okay. <laughs> I'm assuming that that is the artist. Yeah. And not some film that it was in. Oh, my God. I don't know, I, I don't know who ask sang your, that song. Ask your dad to ask his dad. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on you. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. And that, and that wasn't as offensive as the joke that I told that you had no, been, it was that not. has been cut out of the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, he says it's been cut out, but it's kept on a little button I can press. Like, <laughs> controversial. <laughs> <laughs> so, has anybody watched it this week? Hey, let's talk about our classic pick. Classic. Classic. Remember, do you remember when John McRae was here? I remember two weeks ago when John um, was and here. And yeah. I tried to make him not be part of the show, but he kept insisting. John was a absolute <laughs> professional guest. I know, that's what I mean. He we, was, contributing he was the most the professional aspect and of the show. And having not been briefed on either of the two regular no. features of he the show, some came stonkers. up with some he absolute the belters. Yeah. Recommendations. Far yeah. better. It was like he was more prepared than we were. Yeah, I know. What was your, what, did you have a pick for, for the last time for the uh, classic? Or are you keeping it? For the classic, yeah. Um, oh, I've, I've got a bone to pick you. I watched Oblivion last night. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was Scott's pick on their first uh, pick a classic. Scott picked Oblivion. Pe- they, what with Scott being like this, eleven years old? If they're listening old. to this, they've already listened to that episode. Yeah, but they know you don't need to keep bringing episode, it up. Every episode, every episode could be someone's, someone's first, first episode. Ta- first time. Oh my god. Oh yeah, what we're we gonna do? If you haven't listened to all the previous shows, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> it's not like there's a through line here. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Oblivion is. <laughs> so yeah, well, let's talk about Oblivion for well, a second. Quickly then. on Oblivion, I thought it was gorgeous. I don't necessarily. Had think you seen it before? No. no. I don't know. Okay. I, I don't think it's a very good film. Um, yeah. And my main reasons are I don't think that the. Uh, I don't think that it's uh, as I, clever I, as it was. Well, to really, be. I had a lot of the same problems with that I have with Tron Legacy, and it wasn't until the end of it I realized it was directed by the same guy. Okay. In that, it just felt like the visuals and um, 
the sound and everything were kind of more important to him than having a, a relatable sort of central plot line. Yeah. And I felt like a lot of the elements were kind of lifted from other films, yeah. but not done as well. Okay. Yeah. And while I really like M83, I thought that the music wasn't kind of commenting on the... What was going on. On what was going on a lot of the time. It just felt like they'd kind of put a lot of ideas in there that didn't fit with what was happening on the screen a lot of the time. Whereas I thought the music was great. It just didn't fit. Yeah. Was you know, and it kind of left a, a real jarring feeling. For me it did, it did that thing which I don't really like sometimes, and 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 it's about the only thing I don't particularly like about um, the uh, Live Die Repeat, which is we're in a sci-fi world. Everything's cool and sci-fi, and it's like oh, this is pretty awesome, cool and sci-fi. And then as soon as he can, he gets goes. No, I also live in this log cabin that looks like you could have lived in it last week. It's like no, be in the future or don't be in the future. Don't be in the future and the present. You don't get to do both. That's not fair. There was definitely a point, I think, two thirds of the way through, from it that I started to doze off. <laughs> um, where I, where I, where, and that always happens to me whenever I just don't have a handle on on what's going on. And I think maybe more that the film doesn't have a handle on me. It's not gripping yeah. me. Yeah. And it just starts to lose me. And I woke up again and kind of stayed at, stayed, you know, um, stayed with it for the last half hour. But it lost me. It, it just lost I, me. I would. I think I'd, I would like to watch it again though to, to see. Yeah, there were some like really nice concepts yeah. in it, and it, uh, like I said, it is gorgeous. It does, yeah. it does look like a really, uh, like the, the production design just designed the shit out of it. Hmm. But um, no, there was something cold and missing, something missing in it for me. Okay, seeing it was that so hard. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> a proper classic, but as picked uh, yes, by John John McRae was uh, Harvey, the film with um, Stuart. James Stewart. Stewart. I was trying to be dead. Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Uh, a film about a man who sees an imaginary rabbit. And, and that's, except he doesn't see an imaginary rabbit. No. It's an actual rabbit. The rabbit is there. Yeah, I, I, I kind I, of, there's thing, I mean, I watched it when I was much younger and I haven't seen it in a long time. And so it's always fun to watch these things again and see the sexual undercurrents that you don't quite notice the yes. first time. Yeah. Um, and the There were some very good sexual jokes in it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and and a lot of stuff you kind of think, oh, that's a bit ropey. That you know, I mean, you know, that's that kind of like the the so right. The gist of it is, well, first of all, it's based on a play, and I think that that's interesting of itself because oftentimes when you transpose from a play to a, f- uh, a film, you can sort of see it's still a bit stagey, maybe. Um, and I mean, and the Harvey takes place over what one two days. One day, really, doesn't it? Well, it takes place over a day. day. One day, yeah, yeah. It takes place over a single day. Um, and uh, it does feel like a stage play. There's a, they, they remade it in 1974 with Jim Stewart with Jim as Stewart well. Again, yeah. um, a much older Jim Stewart on, on TV. You can watch it on YouTube. Um, wow. But that stage actually was seeing a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, it, it, he is so funny and charming. But, but you kind of watch it and you go, that guy actually is an alcoholic. And there's no, there's no getting yeah. around it. I mean, he there's pretty there's clearly that, says, "I'm an alcoholic." I mean, you know, but the, does it? Uh, quite close to the the beginning, when he, uh, his sister leaves him in the the library while she goes and tends yeah, to and the, the guest here, and, and he goes and takes out a, a book from the yeah. the shelf, and, and gets th- the, the rest of the scene is forced on is, is focused on him reading. Uh, is it Little Women or Sense and Sensibility? Sense and Sensibility, but. He also takes a bottle of whiskey down from behind yeah. the book, which he obviously knew was there. Yeah, and it, it's just little. There's little bits in it, and and but the, I mean they kind of talk about it 
uh, when the when he's in the asylum and they kind of go to him, you know, we, your sister thinks you've got a drink problem. He's going, oh, I like a drink, nothing wrong with a drink. That's like this clearly. If you took the rabbit out of it, this would be about an alcoholic. Yeah, but it's nineteen fifty. I mean, I don't think we had. Uh, I don't. Well, I don't think. I don't think there was a major handle on alcoholism as a problem. I mean, men I th- having a bit why. of a drink, uh, like liking yeah. a bit of a drink, was just a thing that people did. And they, they even didn't call the, the the one of the porters in the asylum is is looking for Wilson? looking looking up. Yeah, he's he's looking up the word. He's puka got a great face. Yeah, in, a, in the in the dictionary. Yeah, and it said puka is a is a spirit that uh, takes the form of an animal, yeah. but normally associated with. Crack rummies, crackpots, uh, and rummies. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's just how and they refer. And then it says, "Hello, Mr. Wilson." Yeah, hello, Mr. Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Which is that the first inkling that you get that the pook is real? I think so. I think that's, yeah. the, that's the that was the, yeah, that's the very first. That's the point where it realizes, oh, right, he's not imagining this at all. Yeah. yeah, which changes the form of the film completely, because then it's not about someone who's gone sort of pleasantly seen, you know, pleasantly yeah. mad. They they're just the sort of like character who can see something that everyone else can't yeah. see, you know. Oh, really, I was wa- I started watching it and Nathan was in the room. Nathan thirteen has just started. And he goes, "What's that?" I says, uh, "It's about this guy with a giant white rabbit." Do you see it? And he went, "Where?" And I was, "It's there." And he's going. He kept staring at the screen, <laughs> looking for it. Now I, he might have been looking for indications that the rabbit was there, or in my head, he's looking to see why I can see a giant white rabbit and he can't, which tickled me no end. <laughs> I says no. He just imagines there's a giant white rabbit, but it's it's not there. It's a lovely, charming yeah, film. How do you feel about watching Jimmy Stewart oh, acting oh, oh, like oh, 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 oh. <laughs> now, like watching it today? How do you feel about his his acting? His acting. I mean, he was the Jimmy Stewart was like the Tom Hanks of his day. You know, yeah, he was yeah. The, I would say if they remade that film with Tom Hanks, you would accept that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, also because it's a play, they. they they, they, because I, I sort of googling to, to a bit of research, research. Um, uh, the guy fr- who plays Sheldon from Big Bang Theory played the same character in in a stage play version of it, and played, he played Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. totally see that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean. and and, he, and then he did an interview where he was talking about how the character um, Elwood uh, Dowds could be. I mean, there's a lot of actors could play that character because it's it's a character you want to like. It's a character yeah. you, he's very likable and pleasant. It, I thought about recasting it today, and for if I, they were going to make it today, I saw Ryan Gosling for some reason. He was the he was the one person. Ryan Gosling, yeah. maybe it's the rabbit. Uh, do, you, do you see <laughs> Elwood P. Dodds as like a stone cold killer? No, that, I don't, no, I think <laughs> super Ryan sexy Gosling in like something like La La Land or Ryan Gosling. I yeah. I honestly feel like Ryan Gosling is a flat nothing actor like there's nothing just he does nothing for me at I, all I, I kind of enjoy him on some things and I can sort of take, completely leave him on others yeah. um, he, mean, la- he seems to lack charisma to me I, I feel like I honestly think Tom Hanks would would kill as Elwood Pete died Tom Hanks can play anything yeah but but he has that affable human you know, someone you would like to sit and have a wee chat with, and someone who could go. I mean, there's all these little like you when you're watching it and you see uh, St- Stuart kind of constantly turn to Harvey and say, oh, "I just want to introduce my friend." Oh my god! <laughs> Still better than his I Jamaican accent. A of mine. <laughs> 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 I just want to say my friend. 
Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yes, keeps, I mean, the, the, he the, keeps turning around to introduce him, and everyone's busy looking elsewhere when yeah. he's doing it. And these are lovely little. You kind of wonder how much of that's choreographed. But that's all. That, that's uh, that sort of belies the whole the stage origins. Of yeah, that, that's real stagecraft. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, the choreography every, of the scenes are are beautiful. This, this, that that wonderful scene, like whenever they're the blocking. The, when they're yeah, the blocking. Yeah. That's no, but I, but I'm, I mean, in that's what, but that's what's called the blocking. Uh, when it's the choreography stance. Blocking okay. is where characters are standing and walking towards but, um, and so on. And so on. That, that scene where they're sitting in the sort of the, the, the lobby of the of the sanatorium, and he's yeah. and they've they've taken his sister away, thinking she's the man, yeah. and they're trying to explain to him what's happened, and they're just the actors themselves are studiously ignoring every gesture he makes <laughs> yeah. to the imaginary rabbit. Oh, I just want to just remind. And it's yes, yes. Well, in a minute, in none a minute. of it seems unnatural. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're constantly it being could, distracted it by could other quite things. Easily just be just fake before even. that, literally the scene before that is when he's up in the the bath. Yes. rooms and he has that line whenever he says um, oh I think the bath was for my friend here and he points over his shoulder <laughs> yes. to where the rabbit should be but, but it's he's actually own. pointing yeah. to the nurse yeah. in the background yeah. it's yes very cleverly um, later yeah. but it, it's 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 beautifully written like that there's tons of little well, things there's, there's a few just, bits where, where it feels like no you're being deliberately stupid you know it's where, where characters are like deliberately ignoring stuff Stuart's saying well, so much going, of it hangs yeah, on I, that I mean, scene where his sister is trying to explain to the doctor about her her brother seeing a rabbit and yet he thinks she sees the rabbit yeah if she just explains it better the rest of the movie doesn't happen yeah. well she no she does say that she sees it well she does she say d- yes. she, 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 she says do you know what i loved all of the cast i loved all all of the older actors that, that yes. were you know, all the character actors that, that are in it and they just every single one of them were were great i just thought it was a great i don't know if it's just something i've started doing but where, where i've started noticing the acting of minor characters you know these characters that are in and out uh, you know like when i was watching seinfeld it's like you notice the waitresses and stuff the waiters and waitresses and the people that are only in it for a minute and yeah they act their hearts out you know that, and that's always my favorite sort of acting is that is, is character actors people yeah. that come in and they just make a scene feel alive yeah. by being you know by being yeah. very naturalistically who they need to be for that bit yeah um i mean it's 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 a it's very of its time in that it wears its theme right on its sleeve, and it says it near the end, where where James Stewart's explaining to the doctor says that you know, when I was young, my mother said to me, "You can be smart or mm. pleasant." For years, I was smart. I recommend pleasant. Yeah, yeah. and that that that's. I mean, y- there's no real looking into it from that. It, uh, the film's just about that. How it yeah. is. Because he is ju- he is delightful to everyone. Yeah, mm. he is just like uh, invites anyone around it for dinner, wants to meet people uh, for drinks. Just He's call just me on. Don't call me on that number. Call, call me, me on, on this number. number. <laughs> <laughs> My Stuart's getting better. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll see I, in the like, playback. <laughs> I, I, I when you're editing this, put some actual Jimmy Stewart I'll, in I'll there. Slow it oh, whoa, 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 I fell in love with this film years actually years before i seen it i saw a clip of it mm-hmm. um of and it's the scene when he's talking about when he first met harvey and he says uh, and he asked him what his name was and there and he told me his name was harvey and i said well that's my most favorite name in the whole world and that scene and just yeah, for me kind, whenever kind he's ha- someone who has a favorite name yeah. Know, that just is a, a, a nice endearing little yeah. quality it's like he has a favorite name yeah 
That's just that's just really nice, and it just it is everything that he is Whoa. in the film. Oh, no, that's my most favorite. No, I can't do it. <laughs> I actually quite like. I mean, part of me kind of feels like Stuart dragged out some of the other bits a little bit, little, little, little too knowingly. Where where the doctor's going to him? Uh, so did you have like a boyhood friend? He goes, well, no, his name was Jonathan. <laughs> Definitely not Harvey. It's <laughs> like, well, okay, we get the, the we get what you're doing. You're laying the trap that we're expecting you to say Harvey, and you're not going to say Harvey, and the doctors expect you to say Harvey, but you're not. But it seems a little knowing, and that's the only bit where but that, but that's the, that's the I mean, only bit it's knowing. But he, but he as himself, a character, he himself is not mad. That's the, yeah, that's and he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. And he knows Harvey what they're trying is, to do. But yeah. and Harvey isn't his childhood friend, is it? I mean, because I always, I always read it. I always watched it thinking. Well, do you know what? He is just quite affable and easygoing, and is just rolling with every punch. And there's no sort of yeah, no maybe he thinks maybe I am mad, agenda. but I prefer it this way. That's what, that's the the, the thing. Yeah. Like I I I, I reckon I was smart, and th- when he's saying that, you're assuming that he was a dick. When he when he says smart, he means an asshole. He yeah. means like the 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 head physician at the psych the psychiatric yeah. ward. Like that's the kind yeah. of smart that he means. I recommend. Yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah, because there's the scene sort of before that where the cabbie is saying about how she goes, she she needs money to pay the cabbie who brought them there, yeah. and the cabbie says, "Wait, is is he in there now?" So I want the money before he gets the injection, because people After, before they get yeah. the injection are nice and friendly. On, on the drive here, they want to look at sunsets and birds, even when there aren't any sunset or birds to look at. Yeah. After the injection, they're real stinkers. You know, after the injection, they're, they're mean sons of bitches like everyone yeah. else. You know, it's like normal people. And, and that's that's kind of what he's saying is that you know hmm. the people who can enjoy the whimsy of the world are, you know are much more pleasant to be around. Yeah, but it's yeah. a there's it's a, it's I've really enjoyed the the little scene when he's getting dropped off at the asylum the first time around. I, and I the, the taxi driver reaches it with the thing and the takes the spanner out of the glove I, box. Yeah, that's funny. I was watching it with Susie and she wasn't really paying attention. I was crying laughing at that. Bit. <laughs> I was like, you've got to watch this bit and the sort of zip back sort of ten seconds. And it's just, it's just he just reaches for the spanner, <laughs> like this lunatic in the cab. And it's, it's, he's the opposite to the other cabbie because he's the cabbie who's scared of people being friendly. Yeah, yeah. He, he's the he's the cynical one. Yeah. But the other cabbie at the end would be delighted. And the yeah. scene of the scene of his sister when the 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 dancer or the singer at her party is jumping up and down. Yes, and you can see it. <laughs> uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. And the whole the the, the other thing. One of the th- so th- there are little bits in it that I kind of felt like a bit a bit of their time a little bit um, like the the sister desperate for a man was a li- I mean I believed it as the character yeah yeah you know, I felt like that was true to that character uh, and then when Wilson turns up she's like oh hello hello, hello. but it, it still felt a little bit like um, she should have been in charge more of I mean what what use is criticizing a sixty year old movie but well, yeah but she, she's <laughs> the only real sort of dislikable character in it because I don't I don't think she's dislikable so much as she's not she's a little bit it I mean feels she wishes like him she, dead in the first scene. Yeah I know that but I mean I think I think she's got her own life to lead and she's not getting deleted I think is the is the main gist of that. I, I think I think what age she was supposed to be because I think you know if, if, if well, what age is Wilson the, the her coming out party guy. I thought well she's either had a pretty hard teen year everyone <laughs> everyone is older in those films everyone <laughs> like everyone in their 20s is really in their 50s and everyone in their 30s is really in their 90s you yeah. know it's, it's it was a, it was the way it was done but when sort of Wilson, the the guy who's looking for um, Jimmy Stewart, turns up at the house and meets his sister, and she goes, "Oh, hello," uh, 
it would have been nicer, I think, if he was a wee bit more kind of, oh, oh, a girl. But instead he's like, hey, hey there, sexy, yoo-hoo. It, it just felt a little bit sort of, you know, not quite, not how you'd be done now. I don't no, think. I, I think don't if think it so. were remade now, it would not be done quite like that. It would maybe be her chasing him more. Clearly than, of its time, that, yeah. that maybe seemed like a more naturalistic thing for that character yeah. to be doing. I don't, th- I, don't th- I don't think you could make it now. What? Why? I don't, whoa, th- whoa, I don't whoa, think... Whoa, whoa. <gasps> I don't think that I don't think the controversial themes would be in be nice. any way relatable. Oh my god! I, 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 oh my god! I, 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 so I, I disagree. I think that those themes are embodied perfectly in the Paddington films. Those oh, films. I haven't seen. I haven't seen. Have you not seen Paddington? No. Paddington no. is gorgeous, lovely. No, I haven't seen the second one, but I've seen the first one, and it is wonderful. Those those films are all about being pleasant and being nice, and how and how that is the best way to be in the world. Mm. Okay, and um, I, I I mean that. They, they to me, there's a direct through line from something like Harvey to that. You know, mm. uh, you definitely need to watch them. Yeah, okay. I feel pe- sorry for people of your age because we got to see. Well, I got to see Harvey on TV on BBC Two when I was a kid, and they showed loads of cool black and white movies, including lots of the uh, Laurel, Laurel and Hardy, Hardy stuff. Yeah, and that's have that's you seen the photos well, of the Laurel and Hardy uh, film they've made? Uh, I saw the photo, yes, of John C. Reilly and Steve Coogan, and I near spat my milk over the. <laughs> <laughs> over the I did disgust or kind of. Oh I my was, god! I that's was just them. like, holy shit! That just looks like them. Yeah, I, I was slightly surprised. This appears to have come out of nowhere. And and it's like, yeah. oh, oh, they look exactly right. Well, I did. Like, I watched all of the Laurel and Hardy films on BBC uh-huh. when I was a kid. Oh, my, my, okay. Yeah, my granddad loved them. And uh, my all-time all right, don't make me feel old. favorite... My all-time favorite scene in any comedy film is from a Laurel and Hardy. Mm-hmm. Is from a Laurel and Hardy. Film. I can't remember. I can't remember which film it's from. But, but they're, sta- they're staying in a hotel. Uh-huh. And... Um, and uh, Stan sees a, an American football yeah. st- just sitting at the top of the stairs and he kicks it mm-hmm. down the stairs and it, it just falls and falls and falls down past through the center, the center of a stairwell. Yeah. Maybe four or five flights, lands at the bottom in the lobby and just goes off at a jaunty angle and hits the, made the, the concierge at the front desk <laughs> right in the face. <laughs> like... Right in the face, and yeah. this was nineteen what? Uh, it would have been 30. 19, early thirties. Yeah, yeah, 19, early thirties. They just hit him in the face with a football. <laughs> there wasn't. There's no special effects. There's no. There's no gag props. It's not and he's CGI. Got this big, he's got this big mop of of slick back hair that yeah. j- it comes from the back of his crown right down over his face when he gets hit. Uh-huh. They just kicked the football at him, and he got hit in the face with a football. It might have been it a makes slightly. Me, they might have slightly deflated it. Yeah. Well, well spe- speaking of doing your own stunts. Yeah. Uh, Mission Impossible 6 oh, is yeah. currently oh, yeah. in the cinema. Have you seen it yet? I've seen it. And I saw it as well. Um, you gave me a little content warning, thank you for that, because I would have quite liked to see that with my wife. Well, My wife is very sensitive to... Right, I, I um, trigger warnings have come under a lot of people kind of go, trigger warning, trigger warning. I will but tell you people, now, you can't go and see it with yeah, that. You, there, there are, you also can't watch the first episode of Castle Rock. Yeah, oh, there, yeah. there are there are things that... Um, because my wife's brother uh, died from suicide, there are things she struggles with, and and that's understandable. That understand, yeah, understandable. Yeah, it's so. understandable. So I I hate when people go, "Ooh, trigger warning for all the libs out there." Yeah. It's like, do you know what? Some people are genuinely affected by certain things, and some some movies are. Uh, I we can't go and see. So yeah. That, that, and and this is one of them. But I'll go and see it with someone else. Yeah. Well, uh, the movie itself. I mean, I don't know what to say. I was I was having. An absolute blast from start an to orgasm. finish. Orgasm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a- after we came out from the cinema, Susie said she turned around and looked at me numer- numerous times during the film, and I just had this childlike 
awe stare on my face. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just enjoying everything. It's, um, it's just... I don't know if it's coming from a place where... I, because I, I know how the sausage gets made. Mm-hmm. To see a film that is made so wholly with practical effects. Yeah. With and pork? I, and I don't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. To see a film that's made with pork and not awful. Like... <laughs> And I know that there there's CG in there. Yeah, like there's of cleanup and and you know all that kind of shit. But whatever, to see a film this real and this creatively and effectively pulled off yeah. is is not something that comes along okay. ever. Really, it's yeah. like it's an absolute I think, I think joy to watch. When when people use CGI, the problem is the CGI is the four. Yes, it's the four technology. Yes. It's the, it's the thing right in the center and the, of your vision that you're constantly looking and, at, and Whereas very think, subtle visual effects. Like David Fincher has, has been using them for years mm. and for visual effects that you just won't ever yeah. notice because they've I, never, I don't it's think never been never, done in an action film. Yeah, it's there hasn't been an action film that relies on practicality. I think, I think they're they're right. So there are two types of visual effects. I don't think people constantly are, uh, are aware of this particularly, but I think there are CGI effects where something is created wholly from. CGI. CGI, but then there's also this this technique where where they kind of take elements from real filming and overlay it on other elements. Compositing, it's compositing, where it's yeah. sort of essentially uh, multi-layered green screen, effectively. Uh, but the technology to composite is really really good now, and and so you don't see those joins uh, as much. But the thing is, they're all real elements, and so when a scene is composited together with those elements, technically it's CGI, but there's no actual CGI within it. Yeah. It's, it's not computer-generated But I don't even think Mission Impossible is doing that much no, compositing. I, I, it it's, probably it's isn't, but I, I'd imagine that there's probably line removal for where they're... Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, they're removing the safety cables. Yeah. They're removing guys standing in the corner to make sure yeah. he doesn't die. You know, there's, there's stuff there's like co- that yeah. going on. But so I think, yeah, so I think... The, 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 the important thing is they're not doing CGI actors and they're yeah. not doing CGI and people. he's not jumping from one big soft foam building to a mm. green building to another big soft foam yeah. green building. He is jumping between buildings yeah do you know and it's bonkers the amount of stuff that tom cruise does himself in yeah. these films uh, i mean from jumping out of airplanes apparently he did something like a hundred drops out of planes yeah he flew the helicopter and he flies the helicopter <laughs> he flies the helicopter, <laughs> in the the helicopter chase. and yeah <laughs> and does like a corkscrew spiral down yeah. which apparently according to the 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 instructor's like, that's really hard to do. <laughs> and flying, flying a helicopter is really hard to yeah. do. And if somebody who flies a helicopter is like, that specific thing is hard to yeah. do, then... Then it's, it's probably hard. Because yeah. they wanted to be able to put a camera on the outside and show him flying a helicopter. And anyone else would just be like, we can do this in compositing. We can, the, we can they go, right, sit in the room. Right, Tom, you stand there. We'll wave a fan at you, right? Yeah. That'll yeah. simulate the air going. And you put, this they guy they just put you on around. a bull. Yeah. They put you on a big bull, uh-huh. like like a fucking bucking bronco in a bar, and they they then they build the helicopter around you, and they go and shoot the plate for the mountainside, mm-hmm. and that's you know that's just what they do. But in the scenes, whenever uh, when he does the um, the uh, the halo drop, yeah, um, which is high altitude, low open, mm-hmm. um, which is you get all you jump out of a plane, you get a lot of free fall time, mm-hmm. and you open your parachute at the last possible second yeah. just to break your fall. Mm-hmm. He flies at the camera, and it's him flying at the camera. And they've done it with um, <laughs> Daniel Craig in the Bond films when he's on the motorbike, and they've done really bad face replacements. Yeah. And you can just always tell, and it pulls you out of the film. Yeah. But this is just you—you're—you're you're never removed from yeah. it. You're yeah, just there's always there. There's never there. a point in your mind where like the uncanny valley sort of comes up. You're always—you're always engaged, going. 
Tom Cruise is doing this. There's no, yeah. there's no, is this, there's is this no part of your is mind. This is this better than Rogue Nation? Because the, the, the talk is it's not quite as good as Rogue Nation. I don't think story-wise, it's... I think it's it, a direct... It, con- continu- um, it's a direct, direct continuation. continuation yeah, yeah, but I don't think story-wise, it's quite as good as Rogue mm-hmm. Nation. I think sh- as a, uh, stunts and set pieces and whatever, I think it probably is... The bathroom. There's a, the, the the scene that they've been showing in the in the trailers where Henry Cavill reloads both his arms. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that bathroom fight scene is fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. It is, and it doesn't play out the way that they have it in the tra- the yeah, way yeah, that they yeah, would yeah. lead you to believe yeah. it's going to play out in the trailer. Um, but it's fucking fantastic. Yeah. It's like really high level fight choreography, like the kind of stuff that you saw in the raids. Yeah. Like those really close quarters, but not as kind of kung fu y. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, good. It's brilliant. It's, good. it's, good. it's really, okay. really good. It, I okay. mean, as far as action films go, it is top notch, upper echelons. There's no one is doing it better. No. No. Yeah. So, some, I saw somebody tweet the other day that we, we're lucky to live out of the many multiverses and whatever, we're lucky to live in the one where. Christopher McQuarrie and Tom Cruise find each other. It's like <laughs> is yeah. it McQuarrie the, or McQuarrie? It's, it's McQuarrie, but I was going to let it go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Tom Cruise says McQuarrie. Well, so, t- yeah, everything right. Tom Cruise says yeah. is all right then. Um, I think this is like the sixth film they've done together or something. Uh, that w- wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it's his second Mission Impossible. And, um, and he did the two Jack Reacher films. With him. Oh, did he do the second one as well? I think he wrote it for him. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Because yeah, the second one is not is not as good as the I first one. I still enjoy it. I still like it. Really? Yeah. The second one? Yeah. I'm God, re- it bored I'm, the no. Tits I'm really, off I'm me. really into those Jack Reacher films. Like the first one's fantastic. Do, I, do I, you know the I, Jack Reacher? The thing with Jack Reacher, the character is he's supposed to be massive. Well, everyone says, yeah, Jack Reacher's really tall. Is that important? I don't know. I mean, in, in the in, books, in it the is. Books it in is. the books, it is. In the films, it isn't. Yeah. But it's that's the thing. If if Tom Cruise can realistically take down six guys in a bar fight, yeah. does it matter that he doesn't have a 52-inch chest? It does, because is it realistic? Yeah. Okay, then. All I right. think I so. Don't like, I, I don't know. I know, I know I do, the only thing I know about... The Jack Reacher bar fight, you watch it going, that you don't, you don't think Tom Cruise looks like he can handle himself? Yeah. There, there, I saw uh, someone posted a thing about... Um, Jack Reacher's arms and hands and how they're described in the book and they've constantly been described as it was like a, a raw chicken his fists his fists were like raw chicken his hands were like plates it's like he must uh, be fucking I, massive funny uh, thing with a lot of those you know like book series um things where like someone has keeps on writing lots of books the same character they always just come across as like just real wish fulfillment for the writer like this yeah. is who they want to be yeah. yeah and they just create this avatar to work through the speaking of books speaking i of books. i write so normally we don't read books in in this place <laughs> because I'll, li- I'll listen to a book <laughs> i'll listen to a book i um we went away for a week and i thought you know what i should read i want to read some more so i picked up two books right um one of which was Arrival. I really enjoyed Arrival. I know. I don't. I don't know. Did Did you see Arrival? Did uh, we talk about Arrival? One of my favorite films that year. Yeah. Okay. It was really yeah, good. Yeah, it's really it's good. fantastic. Profoundly moving film. All yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I bought uh, the book Arrival. I didn't know Arrival wasn't the original name of the book, and I'll get on that in a second. And I thought I'll, I'll read this, so I started reading it. And so Arrival, the film, essentially is about 
language and communication and and uh, how the you know the, these aliens arrive and we figure out how to communicate with them they teach us how to communicate and they teach us a a way to communicate that kind of blo- opens our minds up to all sorts of things that we couldn't see or understand before and that's kind of the heart of the film maybe mm-hmm. yeah yeah um and so i got the book and i thought well let's read this book and i was reading the first chapter and it's all set in babylon i thought wow i mean because the film starts off with the aliens, and I thought, wow, he, this guy's writing about Babylon. And I thought, well, that's quite clever, because, I mean, Babylon's all about language, and it's about how, you know, the story of Babylon is we built this thing to, to reach the to God. Of Babel. Uh, that's the Tower of Babel. Yeah. Yes, but, th- but this is about the Tower of... Uh, sorry, it's it's about the Tower of Babel being okay. built. And, uh, and I was reading it, I was thinking, okay, it's like uh, he's written a story about the Tower of Babel being built, and it's written, you know, what would be really like. There's a like, following one character as they're, as they're building this tower. And I thought, this is, okay, this is interesting. Um, this is an int- we're going to start here, and then we're going to cut all the way, you know, how the Bible describes the languages. God kind of went, nope, mankind can't cooperate, so I'll give you all these different languages. I thought, that's a clever bookend to the story of the th- of what I assume the story is because of the film. And I was reading it, and and I thought, and so, and he's writing it like what it would be really like if you were a builder on this tar, and then and then it started describing how they built this tar, and it reached past the moon. I thought, no, okay, it's more of an allegory then. I, I and then and then they got past the sun, and the sun was burning everything, and I was going, what really? But it's reading like it's a real thing. And then they get up past the sun and this guy kind of, they get to the vault of heaven. I'm thinking, what is this? This story is really weird. And they they break into the vault of heaven and they, and this is all in the first chapter, and they break into the vault of heaven and the guy climbs his way through the vault of heaven and arrives down at the base of the tower again. And I thought, what? What the fuck? And then I went, well, that's a really weird chapter, but you know, like most stories, that that first chapter will, as you read through, will will go. And I started reading the second one, and the second story, uh, or the, the second chapter, was um, set sort of vaguely in the future, and it was a bit like um, Limitless. You film Limitless. Yeah, it's about a character. Uh, th- this this chapter was about a character that uh, gets given a drug that increases their intelligence, and as their intelligence increases. Uh, they become super intelligent and start doing all these crazy things. I was reading. It, I was thinking, I feel like I've seen this film. It's like a different film. This is this is limitless, or it's like some other film I've seen where where or or an outer limits episode or something where somebody becomes super intelligent. And I thought, well, it's interesting. I mean, it seems like a a wild amount of ground to cover. I don't know why this story is going all over this. And I got to the end of it, and and I w- and it was like a complete story. Oh, that's really weird. And then I looked it up, and it turns out it's a collection of short stories. <laughs> Arrival's only one of the stories in this book. <laughs> <laughs> None of the stories are related. The, the book's original title, they renamed it Arrival because of the, the, the film, but the book's original title was called Stories of Your Life. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's a collection of short stories. <laughs> and I was reading it like it was one, one complete book. So I'm this an idiot. Why, this is why we don't read books. <laughs> this is why they have descriptions on the back of the book. Oh, well, I thought I knew what it was about because it was a point. I thought Arrival. It has a picture of the film on the front cover. Of course it does. And <laughs> I thought, well, this is this is the novelization For of the thing. Like you, <laughs> they're sitting in the marketing meeting going, "How can we get people to buy this book? Uh, let's just call it Arrival <laughs> and put the cover of the thing." Nah, that'll never work. <laughs> it's now, a major motion picture. Should we mention that on the front of the book? <laughs> nah. 
And so I and I was reading a bit in the back, and he was describing the first short story and saying, you know, someone's described this as Babylonian sci-fi. I was going, yeah, that feels about right, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the second short story is like Limitless, uh, and it's 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 a, it's I really I have to say I really liked it because it's like. Um, it's it's stuff I I love anthology stuff I love things that that you know unrelated but related I love Outer Limits I love Black Mirror I love 2000 AD these are all sci-fi anthology things and this was kind of perfect for me so I really liked it. Did you read anything else? I I'm on the third story which is about mathematicians but it it started with a kind of it's called division by zero and it started with an explanation of division by zero and it's kind of I don't quite know where it's going or what it is but um not not yet. Okay. I uh, listened to. Almo- oh well, almost finished. I have two hours left. The eleven twenty two sixty three. Oh which yeah, was yeah. one of John McRae's. It's great. Picks of the week. Yeah, I read last, the book last week. Um, I read the book. It's with words on the paper, and I know it was that well, book. Well, I'm, not I'm listening to it, and the guy who reads how, it is how tired fucking are you, terrific. Are you of hearing the phrase the obdurant past? Obdu- obdurant. Oh past. god, yeah, yeah, that's right. The obdurant, the obdurant past. past. The past harmonizes. Yeah. Um, but it's really good. It's so yeah. fucking dense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah it's, it's really so good. dense he has to speak twice as fast. <laughs> how does density work in a in an audiobook? What do you mean? How does density work in an audiobook? Well, like I, I can tell a book is dense because I look at it. It's like uh, really so you're thick. taking the literal meaning of dense. Yeah, well, I mean, what do you mean like by a thick dense? Book, like, I think what Scott's referring to is the is the uh, what I what I said before was the laborious detail. That yeah, <laughs> yeah. That the king that he goes, goes into. into. Yeah. yeah, good then. Very good. Yeah, very good. good. good and good, speaking good. of Stephen King. Uh, yes, that leads us on to Castle Rock. Wow, it's like this show's got an incredible through line going through. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm glad. <laughs> We're like Charlie and and uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. We've built a board like that with a, a mood board with all the links going from which I'm just you know. So are you the again. Danny DeVito? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so you watched? Oh, me and Tom. Tom and I watched the first four episodes. I have just watched one, and I think we should probably only talk about one. Yes. because anyone else is gonna. Yes, because it, it, yeah, it's it's it hasn't kind of reached the view a lot of viewing. Platforms well, I think anyone who's going to watch it, they're going to watch it for the start anyway. Yeah. So so describe Castle Rock. Castle Rock <laughs> takes place in the fictional town of Castle Rock, where okay. in and around which is in and around where all of Stephen all of Stephen King's yeah. kind of big novels all take place so the first episode uh takes place mostly in shawshank prison in the obdurant present the obdurant <laughs> present uh mostly takes place in shawshank prison and revolves around an inmate that has been discovered in there that nobody has a record of okay um and he was he's been discovered in a an old abandoned part of the part of the prison mm-hmm. um and they find him after the current warden kills himself, mm-hmm. um, and a new warden comes in to try and boost the profitability of this private prison, uh, and wants to open up this disused area. That's like, I mean, the thing is that for the profitability of this private prison sounds like a horror story. Yeah. But yet that's a real thing. That's that just a, that's really just a thing that happens. Thing yeah. That happens. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, right from the start, they kind of lean into not just the books. But the films that have been made, yes, because they have that. And I don't know, is it the Gazaladra? Is it the? Is it the? It's the the wonderful bit of music from Shawshank where they're all listening to, you know, just one minute in Shawshank, every man was free. That's yeah. The, oh yeah, yeah. The, and yes. that, that plays. Wow, well, I thought your Rastafarian accent was bad. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the bit where um, he's he's driving towards where, where he's going to kill himself. That's what he's listening to in the radio, and yeah. I recognize it instantly. The, the the other like the the nods. I'm not a 
not that I'm not a big fan, but I haven't read a lot of Stephen King's hmm. work. I've I've seen most of the films, but I not. would love to say his oeuvre, but I'm pretty sure that's not how it's pronounced. <laughs> what? Is <laughs> oeuvre? Is oeuvre? Yeah, that's right. Is that right? Yeah. Holy shit! <laughs> wow, oeuvre is Sean right. what he's won. Oh, wow. Um, but it, the little bits that I did pick up on is when they walk into the warden's office after the current warden has killed himself. Mm-hmm. They say, "If you look over here, you can still see the bullet hole where Warden Norton." And then he gets, and then he gets cut off. And Warden Norton was the warden during the Shawshank yeah. Redemption movie. Ah, right, right. Um, yeah. So there's uh, little bits and pieces like that are nice. I have a lot more that I would like to talk about, is but it, is I it, can't. Is it, okay, with, right, so I don't know anything about it, so I'm yeah. going to ask you questions. Okay. Then you can uh, tell me, is it an anthology-like ty- uh, f- series? No, is, it's... It, no, it, is it, it a through line that goes through... Is the Shawshank uh, uh, prison then... I mean... The, the is, only reason it's taking place in Shawshank need? is because they mentioned Shawshank in eleven twenty two sixty three. The only reason it's there is because it's the prison in this town, and yeah. it, that's where the, the, a lot of the people that that's are they directly involved so at the minute. Is it is it more are, of a uh, is it like shortcuts working. where you're following different characters, or is it like a single you're, threaded big bad monster? Type? No, you're mostly following. So the very first scene <clears throat> uh, is the the rescue of a of a boy who's been missing in the forest for mm-hmm. eleven days in minus forty conditions. Mm-hmm. Um and his thread picks up, and that's set in nineteen ninety one. That's set nineteen ninety one. So his thread picks up uh, twenty seven years later in the present day. Um and where so he's a defense lawyer. Where, where where is this on? Is it on Netflix? It's on Hulu. That's on. Ah, I can't get Hulu. Um, if, Hulu. You, if you paid attention to the the pick of the week the, last week, the week last week, <laughs> you might be able to see it. Hulu. Um. And the, the thread then picks up with him as a modern modern day defense attorney, um, and he is requested by this mysterious unknown prisoner to be his to be his lawyer. Mm-hmm. The only words that he's said since he's been found is is the guy's name. Lulu. Um, so I, I there's uh, there's a lot there's one specific thing that I really want to talk about, but I can't because I'm. But you know what? We can we can pick the. I mean, I think we can pick up a show I, like that in a couple. Yeah, of weeks. in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, because it, it's something that is really bothering me. <laughs> I'm really enjoying the show. I mean, my, there's a couple of things that kind of made my alarm. Well, w- one thing uh, also worth pointing out is that Sissy SpaceX in this. Okay. Which you know, for King for Stephen King fans, fans yeah. is Carrie. She, she Carrie is in. You know the first adaptation, I think, of a Stephen King book, yeah, and his first book, mm-hmm. and she's in this, and as 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 uh, Henry Deaver's mother, mother. So the the kid that was that went missing in the first scene, mm-hmm. his mother is played by Sissy Spacek. So I don't know how significant that is, but that, that well, casting will isn't she, accidental. Will yeah. she be Carrie, or will you know the other the other thing as well know. is, and this kind of goes into what I did want to talk about, but I can mention it because we find this prisoner in the first episode. In a hole? Yes, in, in the hole. He is played by Bill Skarsgård. Is it Tim Robbins? Did he not get no, out? Not. <laughs> He's played by Bill Skarsgård. I wonder where I recognize him from. He is played... Th- so the, the prisoner that they find in this hole in the in uh-huh. the, the thing is played by Bill Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård just played Pennywise ah, in right, the new right, version right. of It. Okay. And... Is, is there a danger, though, that, I mean, there, there's probably casting that's been done because, hey, it'll be cool because this guy was in a Stephen King movie. That's and, then, uh, and then there's a danger of people over-reading. Yes, that, that's that's definitely true. And I think um, it mo- it's probably likely. Yeah. It's just, it's difficult to get past it. Yeah. Because yeah. 
it's so recent. It's a bit. I mean, it's a bit like the 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 current tendency for them every time they do a Superman thing to include a character who played Superman as Superman's dad or uncle or, or something. The, the, the Ghostbusters reboot when they had all the ghost, all the living yeah. Ghostbusters I pop up as other, as other yeah, people. It's, it's hard um, not the. It's not the hard. It's hard yeah, not so to I, see it. I, I don't believe that. Um, that it's going to turn out that he is playing Pennywise. Pennywise yeah. But every time he does something creepy, it's like, oh, it's Pennywise. Oh, yeah. it's, okay. But I, I, I genuinely don't believe that that's, that that's the way it's going to play out. Pennywise is closing. Did you? Oh, that's Pineland. I mean, my, oh. my concern... That was a good joke. That was a good joke. It was better than your joke. There, there, there were things in it that tickled my concern. One is that the... Uh, <laughs> tickled my concern. The, the, tickled the, my the, alarm. When bell. I saw that J.J. Abrams was a producer on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And... Um, that was kind of like highlighted again by oh, it's Ter- very JJ Abramsy, isn't it? And Terry Terry O'Quinn plays the the lit warden. Yes, and this can just give me all these lost sensations. Yeah, very very quickly. It's a bit like any time Star Trek thing happens and Brannon Braga is attached. Do you think? Oh no. Well, just my worry is that it's going to have that JJ Abrams tendency of. The mystery, mystery box, box yeah, yeah. We're, 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 it's just going to be constantly. They're never going to tell. Never yeah, gonna it's just going to be. I, mean, I, th- I think JJ Abrams was very affected by Twin Peaks, where when Twin Peaks mystery was revealed, the show went downhill, and he's kind of resolved to never reveal the mystery yeah. ever because but the, that's uh, the, the end uh, of the you show. Know, it, the show isn't his. Yeah. You know, so hopefully, uh, the thing with King is King does tell you what's in the mystery box all the time. He does. It's yeah. usually disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, I think we've got time for some picks of the week. Um, okay. Do you have one, PJ? Yeah, um, I, a bo- I'm currently reading another book, uh, The Boy in the Bridge, which is set in the same world as M.R. Carey, who's also Mike Carey, uh, wrote a book called The Girl with All the Gifts, which oh, is a kind of Mike Carey Ruthie's then. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and so uh, the, uh, the Girl with All the Gifts is uh, was adapted into a film by Mike, and uh, The Boy in the Bridge is set in the same world. Uh, and okay. the, 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 I don't know if you're familiar with the girl. I don't. Girl I mean, I, no, I'm going to be completely honest here. I kind of ruled it out as being just another cash in on all these kind of like girl type books. No, 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 God, no, no. It's it's a zombie. It, it, right. So I'll have you not seen the film? The no? film's fantastic. But oh, the, the okay. Book, the book is great as well. The book. Will you ever read the book? Do you think? I might. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't. I don't. Yeah. The book. Yeah, as, mean, as, as you, know, you can review a book where they tell me what happens at the end. No, no. It's what happens at the start. Okay. The book. The start of the book is is essentially um, everything is is told from the viewpoint of this little girl who is um, for reasons we don't find out strapped in 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 this cell and she kind of really has this crush on her on her teacher this uh, her female teacher and um, really loves her and you know just wants the best thing for her and she's in this cell and. It's never quite explained what's happening as you, as you go on. More and more information is revealed, and it and it very quickly becomes apparent what's happening is that this is a post-zombie world uh, where there's this military base where they have um, some of these zombie children, and the 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 particular version of zombies that they have in this world is is essentially do you know the the fungal growth that ants can get that make ants climb up the top of a a tree and just sort of explode the fungus out. Do you know that one? A clotted crop. I'm gonna say yes. Okay, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there'll be a link on the show. Uh, there is this actual uh, fungal growth that ants can get, 
and makes turns into little zombies and the ants just try and get to the highest point they can find. They can't control themselves. They just climb to the highest point they can find so the fungus can explode and infect as wide an area as it, as it can do. And the, the idea of this zombie thing is this very similar uh, notion of this. Uh, people are infected by this kind of weird fungal thing and turns them into these zombies. Um, but for reasons unknown, some of these children are affected differently. And this little girl is one of these zombie kids, but she is intelligent and knows what's happening. And, and it's really heartbreaking at the start of it, kind of reading it as, as this is revealed. I'm telling you this because it's it, in the film it's more obvious. If you, if you sat okay. and watched the film, you, it's, it's straight away, it, it's obvious. It's called The Girl With All The Gifts because one of the things the teacher does is the teacher likes to read them stories about um, uh, the uh, Greek myths and talks about Pandora's box. And Pandora is the, is the girl with all the gifts. And the, one of the last gifts Pandora has is hope. And the, uh, the idea is that they, they, the zombies that are out there, they don't know what to do with. These kids seem to be different. They seem to be intelligent. This girl is the most intelligent of them. And they think they can maybe use her in some way, um, and it's brilliant. It's really good, and uh, the film has Glenn Close in it, and a Paddy Considine, yeah, Paddy Considine in it, and it, it really does it does f- make sense in the world of of this. Um, so anyway, that's the girl with all the gifts. But the the book is the boy in the bridge, and it's set in the same world, and uh, it it sort of starts revealing some more about this world and what it's like and okay. why things are the way they are. But it's really good. It's written by Mike Carey. Um, who I've worked with years and years and years ago, um, and uh, it's a kind of but under the name M R Carey. So okay. there you go, there you go. That's my pick of the week, chums. Okay, a proper. What, book. Do, you, what do you got, Scott? I have some speakers. Some speakers. Some speakers. Speakers. Yeah. Um, I got a I have five point one surround sound in this room that we're recording in at the minute. Currently in. Currently in. Um, and I got this center speaker here, which is the a calf. Scott um, just pointed to a center speaker. Yeah, just pointing to you guys, <laughs> uh, which is a calf T one hundred and one, and it is a, an impossibly slim flat it's very small. speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably it's less than an inch, maybe three quarters of an inch thick. But the sound it's quality, not impressive. no, it's not no. impressive. Sound quality out of it is fantastic, especially for a center speaker, which it normally has to be very, very big and deep, um, quiet. Um, so I, I, I ended up uh, buying two of the left and right speakers to go to mount on the wall beside okay. the TV, which I have in a box here. I haven't put them up yet. I've noticed you have your, your right-hand speaker behind this cabinet. What is the... I opened the cabinet. Well, f- uh, currently, the, the speakers that I have up are little box speakers in all of the corners, and I have to open the cabinet door when you're watching whenever something? I'm watching something. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because That is a design flaw. That, that is a design flaw, but these are going to get mounted literally to the left and right mm-hmm. okay. sides of the TV, um, maybe about a foot either side. Um, but they are... Uh, they're expensive enough, but they're they're not the same as what you've you, just to explain. Uh, we're in this little sort of uh, Scotch room. He's got a large TV mounted on the wall. Directly below that is the little tiny speaker box uh, that is yeah. very small. Uh, directly below that is a giant r- white radiator that that looks like the sort of thing you'd only be able to stare at if you were trying to watch a film. Would you not consider painting that black? Uh, I don't know. Maybe paint it red. Something to make ma- just seems like as a design. It's just like. Make it look like a giant set of teeth. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, can then you have a skull? That would be yeah. kind of cool. I mean, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't. That was a building control decision. No, I know that. They picked know the. That. They, they, they picked, picked the, the size spot, yeah. of the radiator that had to go into the room. I'm sure really? there's nothing to say about the color, though. No, that yeah. could. Uh, yeah, I guess. 
right, or you could get a little radio. I mean, just I mean, it's like you're being so careful to make yeah, yeah, I know. all these things perfect and perfect and perfect. And then there's great hulking, <laughs> great big radiator. I mean, I say perfect like you have to open your cabinet to listen to your. But TV. not anymore. Not once I get the new speakers <laughs> up, I'll be able to. Ke- I'll be able <laughs> to keep it surreal. closed. It's like here. What is uh, this? Is the most incredible TV and sound system we've got. Now, just a minute while I open my cabinet yeah. so I can hear it. <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's a big deal. There's it's funny no that it's on only the, the one cabinet, though. It's it's like yeah. <laughs> it's a real it's a real thing. It's like my hot water taps linked up to in a certain way that I can only get if I hit the light switch or something. It's it's got a feel of a of a, a faulty tar about des- it or what something. What you described was an immersion heater. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, the Kef T101, um, you can get them in left and right and a center uh, speaker. How much are they? The, um, the 101 center speaker is 150 and the pair of left and rights are 299. Well, that's not too bad. No. 299, 300? 300 for, okay. the, uh, for the pair, yeah. Okay. Um, but Ooh. the sound quality that comes out of them for being so flat, for anyone with space Neat and tidy rather than having big, big boxy well, speakers. What happens if you have just the center speaker? If you have just the center speaker, if you have it hooked up to a surround sound system, mm. all you'll get is dialogue. Okay. That's what the center speaker's for. Center speaker is just for Oh, I did for, not know that. Dialogue. I just thought it was like stuff in the center. No. Well, I mean, they, they, people, they will put... Stuff will pan pop, across the center. Things will pan, yeah. pan across the center. But, but they'll, they'll come from nowhere and so go you nowhere. Have to, yeah. So you'll have to get a center speaker and the side speaker sound. Y- yes. If you, well, if you want 3.1 or 5.1, you need... Like the okay. f- 5.1 is the number of speakers that you have. Okay. So it's five speakers. And the point point one is one a woofer? Is point 0.1 is your subwoofer, yeah. Woofer. Um, so if you want 3.1 or What's 5.1. What's the difference between a woofer and a subwoofer? I think they're both the same. I think it's just no, the woofer is a is a is usually a, what, eight-inch diameter speaker cone. One likes being tied up. Ooh. The other one likes being tied up. And then a subwoofer is a much larger speaker cone, which vibrates at a lower frequency. Okay. That's oh, what okay. it is. I didn't know that. Sub below the woofer. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And so both would be better? Well, if you have a subwoofer, you can get you know, frequencies usually lower than like 80, 80 hertz down. Yeah. Whereas everything between like 80 hertz and, say, about, I don't know, 20,000 hertz. Oh, this show covers a lot of range, doesn't <laughs> it? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. I mean, you want everything from tweeters all the way down to subwoofers if you want to have a full sound. Okay. 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 We'll get into Dolby Atmos some week. Yeah, I was going to oh, say, yeah. you, you're, you're wanting to get Atmos fitted in the house, aren't you? Uh, yeah, not until I own the house. Yeah, yeah. Because it means cutting holes in the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that is mental. Well, my, my pick is a technical pick, too. Uh-huh. Uh, and that people were asking me about the podcasting setup. So Ooh, I'm going to briefly... Who? Who? Uh, name one. I'm not name them. I'm not shame <laughs> them. But people were asking about what way we recorded the show. And how it sounds so it sounds damn good. How it sounds so, yeah. so crispily good. <laughs> uh, so I use a Zoom H5 recorder. Um, and it has an adapter on the top to give me two more XLR inputs. So there are two XLR inputs in the bottom. And there's two XLR inputs at the top. If I was going to recommend someone to get a Zoom recorder, I'd say get the H6. Because it has s- four... XLR all built in. You're on your own when it comes to typing this shit up. I'm telling you that. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and that because we have multiple inputs, we get clean, separate audio for three channels, which is then mixed together in Logic. Um, But yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna record a podcast with just two people. I can't recommend the Zoom. Because um, the way that we enough. used to do it before, like back whenever we very, 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 very first started doing the podcast, it was a, it was an old MacBook, um, and a massive uh, sound desk, uh, which had like, yeah, channel inputs, and then you had a MIDI controller that went from the sound desk into the the laptop. And for anybody that wasn't 
me and PJ couldn't have put a podcast together and recorded it because we didn't know how to work any of that shit. Well, I was I was learning. You speak for learning, yourself. <laughs> learning on the hoof myself. I mean, yes, that that original version of recording was we had a, a mixer that had a left and right audio coming out of it, but everything that went in had to be mixed sort of the level set at the time because there was no separating the, the audio out afterwards. Yeah. Whereas now we record three separate audio tracks. But that's such a bit. It's such a big. Um, expansive equipment to have all of those things sitting up literally the zoom is like eight inches and yeah. it just sits it just sits it's sitting at the minute on a on my subwoofer but it's pretty small mm-hmm. it just records onto an sd card which i could pop into yeah then transfer the audio files out which which are in high-res audio now that all gets mixed down to mp3 yeah it's pretty groovy and, and we've tried headphones but yeah, I mean, I I like I like everyone using headphones because it means they. But can nobody hear, else does. Can, well, <laughs> yeah, pe- people are uncomfortable with hearing their voice, but I think it actually helps. Not me. It's I'm uncomfortable with the warmth around my ears. Yeah, yeah, that can take some getting used to. I mean, if you are recording a podcast, it is better if everyone listens to themselves because then they can hear if they're being. They can hear their Obnoxious. own. Well, they Racist. can hear their own volume, which <laughs> kind of helps them modulate the volume of their own voices. Yeah. yeah. So they, you know, they don't shout because shouting would hurt themselves. It's kind of a self, <laughs> it's kind of a, kind of a self-preservation thing. They don't scream into the phone. Into it. Mm, PJ, PJ's like, I'm, I'll take the pain. I'll take it. <laughs> I don't mind. So yeah, I mean, I'm sorry that's a bit of a boring bit to the end there. But if anyone else, very has, boring. If anyone has questions about recording, they, you know, you know where to find me. I'll, I'll, I'll talk <laughs> through whatever. Hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> so um, yeah, this has been another episode. Um, we haven't picked a classic. Classic. Oh God, yeah. Um, I hear well. Here's my my. I'm going to throw mine in very quickly. Then mm-hmm. um, BBC One or the BBC iPlayer currently has the uh, was Nigel Neal's. Um, is it Nigel Neal? Um, the uh, Quatermass and the Pit. It's a classic 1950s sci-fi that arguably was the forerunner for Doctor Who Doctor and all, Who all, yeah. all sorts of other great sci-fi things in astonishingly good quality. I've always wanted to watch that, actually. It's so. on the BBC iPlayer. All five episodes are all about half an hour each. Um, and th- so you can sit and uh, digest them in chunks. Um, and uh, like I think because it was made in the 50s, there's maybe a tendency to think, well, it's going to be shitty quality and stuff. But it's really, really great looking. So that's my that's my classic recommendation that I think I put it to the jury that that would be worth watching because it is the forerunner of lots of classic British sci-fi stuff. Um, if you're into any British sci-fi at any all, that's the thing. Um, I d- I'll, I'll go with the, with the majority. There's only three of us. Do you have a recommendation yourself? I d- well, yes, I, d- I had a, I had a, um, I had a recommendation. Well, let's hear yes. what yours is. Okay, um, I have just finished the. Then I get the deciding vote. Yeah, <laughs> I have just. finished... It's a bit unfair though to say here's a thing that I want us all to watch. By the way, I've just watched it. That seems like <laughs> I am too lazy to pick something new. No, no, I'm. I, uh, this, uh, I, I have just finished the the Ken Burns Vietnam documentary. Oh, I'm not watching all of no, that. No, I know you're not. So, which is 18 hours long. Rather go yeah. to Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is fantastic, but as I was watching it, I realized that I have never seen any of the what would probably what are probably the big three Vietnam movies. Oh, okay, I've never seen Apocalypse Now, Platoon, or The Deer Hunter. Oh, all right. Well, I mean, they're all fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'd, I, w- I would also heartily endorse uh, Heart of Darkness, the Apocalypse Now making of documentary. Okay, uh, Hamburger Hills also underrated. Hamburger. Okay, so I was going to suggest. I was going to suggest. Hang on, you're leaving Full Metal Jacket out of this as well. I know. As I as I said, Big Three. I knew I was leaving Full Metal Jacket out, but I have oh, seen Full the Metal Muppets Jacket. Wouldn't Muppets do Full Metal Jacket? Be amazing. Muppets do Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> full Muppet Jacket. Just imagine it. 
<laughs> so the drill sergeant is the eagle. Eagle, oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, clearly. Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you call him? The um, little fat kid would be would be um, Bunsen Honeydew. Yeah, it's gonna be Fozzy. Or Fozzy. Fozzy. Yeah, oh my Fozzy. god, that's heartbreaking. <laughs> throughout, throughout the film, he just gets more and more like. <clears throat> Just, just so Fozzie Bear is Vincent D'Onofrio. Just loses all <laughs> colour in his life. They're forcing him to eat the jammy donuts. <laughs> and who's, and who's Kermit would be the, the Joker. Jo- yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway. Um, uh, so I was going to And ask then Miss Piggy's, me love your long <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. If you had to cut the Rastafarian accent, there's no way that's making it. <laughs> I'm quoting. I'm quoting. <laughs> yeah, but the, the joy in your face when you quote, though. <laughs> Fucky, fucky. <laughs> Hiya! <laughs> the apologies you're going to have to make next week. Uh, <laughs> every, every couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, so if you're listening and you can suggest other Muppet characters for the, yeah. for the Metal Jacket. Also awesome. suggest us some classics so that we don't have to try and Oh, I, th- yeah. I think we've both picked solid. I mean, you haven't picked one yet. I haven't picked one. Well, I, I was going to suggest. I was going to suggest if there's something that either you, either of you, haven't seen or would suggest out of that. Out I of mean, that trio. I, I would say that out of those three films you suggested, I've watched all three of them lots. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, and I'm really familiar with a lot. In fact, I'm in the middle of a rewatch of Apocalypse Now again. Okay. okay. I, I, I kind of stopped halfway through it. Um, all right, well, let's go, let's go with with PJ's. Hang on, Scott, don't you oh, you're, 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 no, 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 no. I mean, I, 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 I got my pick a couple of weeks ago, so I'm kind of. Oh yeah, so it's still yeah. So so, it's, uh, so I'm gonna say I'm, I'm. I'd like to go Quatermass. I've never seen it. I've always okay. wanted to. Yeah, I think seems a good choice. Not not that I always wanted to sort of sense in that. Um, I, I kind of feel like it's one of these things. It's just a gap. It's a gap in my knowledge. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think it should be filled at this point. You know. So. Okay. Let's fill that gap. Let's fill that gap. Oh, let me fill your gap. Me love you long time. Sunnyside Towers. And on that problematic bullshit. I've been Ron. I've been PJ. I've been Scott. See you next week. Bye. Bye. There's a dark and a troubled satellite. There's a bright.